can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. This is where the fun begins. Hello and welcome to Jedi Knights, the official Star Wars podcast for Joy Clicks. My name is Mike Connors, and as always, I have my Chewie joining me through the holonet, Christian Buckley. How are you, man? I'm doing well, Mike. Thank you for asking so much. Um, it is very nice at the moment because I'm wearing a long sleeve shirt and I'm comfortable. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been... um. For those who have been listening, they've been, you've been all hearing Christian and I lament about the fact that it's been just like super hot in New England the past like few weeks. Yeah. And fall is finally around the corner, man, which mm-hmm. is like great stuff. Favorite season of mine. Yes. And it's always full of. Pumpkin spice. Press conferences. Ah, damn. <laughs> uh, speaking of press conferences. Uh, not really a press conference, but we got the D23 coming up this weekend, actually. Yeah, man. Um, we're recording this today on September 7th. Um, it's a Wednesday. I think Disney Plus Day is tomorrow, September 8th. Mm-hmm. If you're if you're looking to watch Thor Love and Thunder on your TV, tomorrow's the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, yeah, we got some a whole convention happening this weekend where there is sure to be some Star Wars news. I would be very surprised if there weren't. Um, yeah, there's definitely going to be some things with some laser swords and some Muppets that are voiced by Frank Oz. I don't know if Yoda's going to be there. I'm just saying like Star Wars things, I guess. <laughs> Face Muppets and laser swords. That's that's what we have for you today. <laughs> that is what makes Star Wars Star Wars, Mike, and it's why The Last Jedi is the best one in the trilogy yeah christian okay (laughs) um that's good man i'm happy that you're doing well um happy that you're you're able to stay cozy uh and and sort of we're we're settling in for a long winter winter is coming you know yeah you're you're living that life again aren't you with the the hot d (laughs) yeah uh christian you you're not you're not on the hot d train yet um not yet you and jack martin are I'm out in Middle Earth, you know. Yep. Uh, I also took a trip out to Middle Earth. Uh, For those who don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Rings of Power and House of the Dragon. Um, I liked Rings of Power, personally. Um, It's a good show so far. So far, so good. I think it's one of those shows that I might have to just, like, wait till it's all done and then just, like, watch it at once. I'm, like, a little confused as to what's happening. I'm not like the biggest Lord of the Rings fan, so I don't really know much of the lore. So mm-hmm. that's a little intimidating for me. But yeah, it is a good show. The acting is really good. The um, I don't know. It just like looks beautiful too. Obviously, it's obvious they spent a ton of money on it. I've um, never seen a billion dollar show, Mike, until last Thursday. I don't think any of us have. I right? know, but like, vi- like looking at it, you know, it's like this. I see the billion dollars. <laughs> yeah it's it's heavily apparent um yeah but yeah house of the dragon's pretty good mm-hmm. i i recommend if you like lord of, if you like game of thrones you're gonna like house of the dragon kind of just kind of how it goes you know mm-hmm. i i ask you this question as a fellow enjoyer of uh nerdy fantasy tv stuff and i'm encompassing marvel and star wars in that um 
do you feel that house of the dragon is sort of beginning this season of like all killer television because we have house of the dragon right now for at least another like six or seven weeks uh we have rings of power which is also going for i think another including this week um eight and then and or at the end of this month which at least visually i think we're on the same page is like the best looking star wars show so far yeah from what we've seen um like do you, do you think that this is gonna just be like wow this is stacked and i mean like better call saul just wrapped up too i haven't watched that yet but um are we in a, yeah, well, a golden age of 2022 for tv right now i i would think i would say so man uh house of the dragon i was honestly like a little bit skeptical about for those who don't know like i'm sure everybody's heard like you know the last season of game of thrones like wasn't the best and uh <laughs> didn't you know didn't get that great of a reception and i was a little nervous that like they would just sort of like continue the failures of that um but no they it feels like season one game of thrones like the real shit if you know what i mean mm-hmm. um and so yeah so with that and then also rings of power Andor, and who could forget christian she hulk no i'm kidding <laughs> i like she hulk i like she hulk too actually i like it way more than i thought i would yeah um, i i think it hits a different um well, like vibe and like i i go to she hulk for the same reason i'd go to like community right where it's yeah, like i'm gonna yeah. think too much there's some clever stuff in here it's a fun time i'm in and out where like the uh the like prime time billion dollar budget shows and I, that star wars is probably on the same level as marvel honestly but um just interesting just interesting it feels like there's a lot of uh tv all happening at once that i'm not ready to commit to <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah uh yeah with andor also the bad batch yes. and and before you know it we'll be talking about mando season three too we're probably gonna um, be talking about it next week after d23 man yeah probably that and like ahsoka we got a lot of stuff on the horizon um sometimes it feels like maybe like sometimes there there are, we- there are weeks where i'm like christian and i kind of feel like we're grasping at straws in terms of like news and like relevant stuff to talk about this is one but of them. uh th- this week would be one of them but i'd say it pre it predecesses many many weeks of great content to come yeah. so i you know you kind of have that roller coaster effect with these things sometimes and um, honestly mike i know we have a couple topics to get to but like honestly this is could be an entire topic in itself i love that star wars has droughts because the Marvel constant train does get a little bit exhausting at times. Like agreed as somebody who's also on a Marvel show and thank God Excelsior that I do with Jack is like focused around the video game that is never really super exciting, but like always gives us the same level of thing every week. So it's not like, I'm like, Oh, what are we going to talk about? It's like, there's at least some stuff. It's not really mm-hmm. exciting, but it's there. Um, yeah, it's nice to get off the the roller coaster sometimes, and Star Wars does that pretty frequently, you know. Agreed. I mean, I think, I think you know, everything is good in moderation, you know. Yeah. Um, I do. I do agree with you. It feels like ever since WandaVision, which I think was the first uh, Marvel Disney Plus show. Yep. It's it's just been 
constant ever mm-hmm. since you know that's like that's what it feels like at least mm-hmm. um not necessarily a bad thing um, yeah like, I, like, i'm enjoying it it's just tiring sometimes yeah yeah i i, I enjoy it too I'm, I'm i'm pretty pretty into it um she hulk like i said is a lot more interesting than i thought it would be <laughs> um and it's very it's very witty very clever i i like it yeah and i think the last thing i'll say about that right because i agree with you i wish more of the marvel shows had more of that diversity in their approach i guess more so than you know how there's that meme it's like marvel has two movies it's like you're on acid or it's the baseball hat and sunglass movies um yeah <laughs> like i think the shows have kind of continued that trend right but i think with the case of wandavision and she hulk both of them feel like they're really pursuing interesting tv formats that i wish more things than marvel would do and on the star wars side i think they've done a great job with that so far where you have something like uh the mandalorian which is built off of years and years and years of clone wars and uh rebels sort of like monster job of the week sort of thing um which is a proven structure for Star Wars and television. But then you have something like Kenobi and hopefully something like Andor that is like feels a bit more directed and deliberate. And like, I know there were conversations on if every moment of time was used well in Kenobi, but still it was like, it felt more like a limited series than the type of television we get when we sit down to watch Mando. So I, I, I think star wars has done a great job with diversifying what their shows feel like for being shows where i think marvel is still like trying to find some footing there and she hulk is a really good example of them doing it well i think yeah definitely i think um i think if anything like wandavision is the one where it's like you feel like you're on acid the whole time (laughs) like like i don't know like but they but you're right out there you know and moon knight yeah Moon, Moon Knight's crazy, man. Like, I still don't know if I understand Moon Knight like fully. Like some stuff that happens, I'm like, what? Yeah. Uh, nothing will ever top Miss Marvel, though. That's oh, an yeah. S tier, the goat of Disney Plus Marvel shows so far, in my opinion. Fully agree, wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, but I really like Moon Knight too. But yeah, I I know what you mean. Um. Like, there definitely is a formula for Marvel. I feel like more recently they've been straying away from that. I was, like, really impressed. If we want to talk about, like, the movies, like, I was super impressed with Multiverse of Madness. I thought that felt di- more, like, felt different than any other Marvel movie, and I appreciated yeah, that. Me too. So it's they, they are trying to make strides in that way, but, yeah, the TV shows are kind of falling into, like, the same three buckets with some exceptions. Um, but, yeah. but, you know, Inc- it you still know does talking through it includes she hulk in that new age golden era of tv right now for nerdy stuff because it is it is killing it it is very distinct so oh yeah yeah she hulk uh she hulk's pretty good actually yeah uh, the cgi could use some work though i would say um, sure is there there's some some moments where i'm like that looks really bad <laughs> i mean at this point also and i i think it's a as a star wars fan i've made this sort of coming to terms with everything of like everything's a machine now so maybe evaluate it for what it is and not where it's lacking or like 
you, you know because like i think with mandalore like yeah. i've never noticed the stagecraft stuff i know that's a huge deal breaker for a lot of people um but like i'm used to bad green screens you know i think stagecraft is a huge improvement over a green screen personally so like oh without a doubt yeah um i i think it just depends on what you get caught up on personally the most and i'm i'm speaking of andor bringing it up full circle i'm glad they are on sets it looks very well composed visually and uh i'm ready for it dude i'm i'm ready to see andor yeah man uh i don't want to get too much into it but like i think there is something to say about like physical sets and everything like that uh, not relying too much on computer graphic um just because like you look at the original star wars and it still holds up why because a lot of it's most of it's just practical effects um it looks real it feels real it is real uh so that kind of stuff i feel like like i said i don't want to get too far into it but no, i am also excited i'm also excited for andor uh just in terms of i want to see more of that character and uh it just looks incredible so um, yeah i wouldn't i wouldn't have thought that i would be like super into uh and or like over obi-wan i thought that obi-wan would like be the thing that i really wanted to <laughs> mm-hmm. to to be good but Andor has has kind of taken that over yeah man i think there's an episode i don't know when it was but i i'm pretty sure there's an episode where we very seriously talked about the possibility where Andor was going to be both better than kenobi and just like in general the best like disney plus marvel or star wars show like we we humored that a while ago and like i think it's just gonna be true honestly yeah it's one of those things that you just don't know it till you see it and it's uh-huh. kind of looking that it's kind of looking that way you know yeah. um nothing against obi-wan that was a great show too yep still but, doing it. um well, anyway, man, uh, I did have one thing I wanted to bring up. Some action figure news from my collection. Uh, <laughs> for those who are really interested, I've been talking about this forever. Ever since we first saw um, Cobb Vanth, I've wanted an action figure of him. Christian, you can attest. Mm-hmm. I think I've brought this up thousands and thousands of times since he first appeared on screen. Yep. Um, and I have the email receipts. Back in like October, October 23rd uh, of 2021, I ordered, I pre-ordered uh, Cobb Vanth, like the deluxe, like Black Series edition uh, action figure. And I was like, okay, cool. Like this is a pre-order. Like it's telling me that it should come out in like March or whatever. Like that seems reasonable. It's October. Uh, uh, you know, March came and went. Uh, uh, May came and went. July came and went, August came and went, and uh, you know, two days ago, I got an email saying that my Cobb Vanth figure has shipped. So if you look at the calendar, that's a whole eleven months. That is wild. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? I, I'm sorry, but like, I follow a lot of people on like you know Facebook and Reddit who like collect Black Series figures, and I started noticing like two months ago, three months ago, people were. Um, you know, posting about how they found that figure like in a Walmart or like in Target or something like that. And I was like, what the hell? <laughs> like I ordered this from like Entertainment Earth, which is like a pretty big retailer of toys and stuff. Um, 
And yeah, it took them absolutely forever to even ship the damn thing, even though it was supposed to come out in March. It's September. Yeah. I still don't have it. It's coming my way. But that's just I'm not trying I'm not trying to complain. I'm not yeah. complaining. Well, I just yeah. at this point I, at this point I'm kind of just like like that's just impressive, you know. Yeah, man. I, know, like a, I mean, you know, there's these chip shortages, right? I'm sure that has something to do with it, right? <laughs> oh right yeah all the semiconductors because he has movable arms yeah, he's that, got a damn jetpack yeah. man you got to think about that yeah right <laughs> uh anyways that's just that made my that that made me happy when i saw that email i was like fucking finally <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm glad you're finally getting your cop man i i got him on a t-shirt and it's great it's a great t-shirt big fan of it so christian you got him on a damn t-shirt before i can even get my, like come on man yeah like last christmas dude <laughs> I think. Listen, I was patient. I am patient. This is patience to the max, man. Uh, but yeah, so I'm happy that should be coming in soon. I will update once we uh, once I get it. I'll probably be super happy when it comes. So. Very nice. All right, man. Uh, anything else you want to bring up before we kind of get into our? Uh, from the our segment from the Jedi archives and then some of the uh, topics that we have. I'm down to just dive right in. All right, man. Uh, from the Jedi archives, you know the drill. Christian and I consult the sacred Jedi texts. Uh, we take something that interests us, whether that's a canon page, a legend page. Uh, we bring it to the table and we educate one another on a piece of Star Wars lore that we may not have known about or we didn't know some details about. Uh, so Christian, what'd you pick this this week? I went to the trusty old list of real world things in Star Wars, and Mike, I'm here today to talk to you and the audience about promise rings. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> promise rings were worn on the second to last finger on the left hand as a symbol of marriage. They were oh, made man. of numerous metals. Uh, the smuggler Trout wore a silver promise ring while he was on dagobah his arm was amputated by the children proper noun who used it okay. in a stew zach aranda realized the cannibalistic nature of the children when he found trout's promise ring in his bowl of stew my god <laughs> so when i think of a promise ring you think of the jones I brothers think... correct <laughs> no but now I will. Because <laughs> now I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, like, I think of it as, like, you know, it's, it's not, like, a marriage thing. Like, yeah. like you're, you're saving yourself yeah. for a certain person. Like, not necessarily being married, but... Yeah. Still, you know what I mean? Like, the yeah, distinction I'm trying to make? Yeah, For sure, yeah. Like, because Promise Rings... I, the reason I selected this one is because I was like, oh, that's funny, because there's a real connotation in real world to Promise Rings... And in Star Wars, it means just wedding ring. So that's uh, going to be a funny reaction, and you did not disappoint. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, yeah. You, you, like, I think of promise rings as, like, something completely different than, like, a wedding ring. Yeah. It seems like that's that's what that is. Or at least at the very least, like, an engagement ring is, like, what they're talking about. But, like, that's sure, not what I yeah. thought it was at all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, interesting stuff. Um, there's that new han and leia book i wonder if they uh canonize promise rings in that or if they just call them wedding rings or i don't know what, what let's else? just let's Whatever. let's not overcomplicate it let's just call it wedding rings guys 
Yeah. I mean, Mike, you look at this list. I'm going to go back. I'm going to name some things that I've said before. Yep. Uh, I, what did I do last week? I, I did uh, glare shades for sunglasses. Yeah. Um, what else? Uh, beer is beer or lum, which is interesting. Um, calf. I've definitely talked about calf. That's just coffee. Um, hoth chocolate. Hot chocolate. What else did I say? Um, tobacco. Remember tobacco? That's tobacco. Yeah. Yeah. Um, did I ever bring water or did I think about bringing water? I think, I think you might have. Okay. <laughs> but you see, like, there's a lot of overcomplications for things just cause it's like, it's Star Wars, you know? Yeah. 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 They like to overcomplicate things in yeah. the Star Wars universe. Um, well, great pick, man. That I love mean, that. What did you bring? Good stuff. Uh, so I always take the serious route with this, uh, and I picked the Darksaber. Um, we, we we love the dark saber don't we um so the dark saber uh obviously is wielded by dinjar and the mandalorian um in uh you know after the after return of the jedi all that kind of stuff but it's an ancient and unique black bladed lightsaber created by tar vizsla the first mandalorian ever inducted into the jedi order prior to 1032 before the battle of yavin so uh, first ever Mando Jedi uh, had this lightsaber. Pretty sick. Uh, it was kept in the Jedi Temple after Vizsla's passing, but members of House Vizsla stole it in a conflict with the Jedi during the Old Republic. It was passed down from generation to generation by the ancestors of Pre Vizsla, um, who held onto the weapon even after the pacifist ideals of the new Mandalorians replaced the warrior ways of Mandalore. Uh, legend has it, you have to, uh, you know, you have to to obtain or whoever obtains the dark saber is the ruler of mandalore and you must obtain it in combat um so you must win a fight to uh wield the dark saber lest you bring bad juju to your reign as as king slash queen of mandalore see bo katan um, <laughs> so yeah good stuff I always thought the lore behind the dark saber is super cool. Um, how it has like this like mystical, like magical rule to it that like the star Wars lore kind of like stays true to no one can kind of explain it, but like you do, you do get pretty bad juju if you, if you take it and you don't earn it, you know? So I, I like that, you know, I like this, this, this sort of, idea of the dark saber i like the concept of it i think it looks cool and yeah just love it a lot you made an interesting focus when you talked about the whole uh fiasco of bo katan right but and it doesn't seem like they're going to be going this way based off of what we've seen of din with the dark saber so far but i would be very curious to see sort of a reversal of what she went through where she didn't earn it but she had it and wanted it where if they would have committed to Din earned it, but he does not want it. Cause it, there's, it seems like he's just accepting it so far from what we've seen. Right. Yeah. It seems that way. Yeah. Cause I really love, um, um, I guess it's like a character archetype, right. Where it's like, um, member of royalty has everything they want, but they're just so apathetic about it. And they're like, I don't want this. 
or like everything they should want and they they don't want anything to do with it like um thor touches on that a lot in the mcu um prince noctis from final fantasy 15 dude is just like sitting on a throne depressed being like i would rather be anywhere else um even zelda from like the recent zelda game like she does not want it to have anything to do with royalty so like if din followed that path i would have been super down for that he could still but would have been interesting you know just because uh bo-katan's the complete opposite uh i would add maybe even paul atreides to your list of people who rule but maybe don't want to i know you haven't watched the movie christian (laughs) um uh big slight yes i meant that as a slight uh (laughs) it's a deserved slight it's a deserved one (laughs) i know you could take it uh he goes he goes from a character who doesn't want power who reluctantly takes it and then turns into somebody who doesn't want it anymore kind of interesting uh similar sort of thing yeah big Um, fan of that character type yeah so uh good stuff i i agree with you it would be interesting to sort of like see Bo-Katan like a different situation with the dark saber, but I think we're getting a lot of cool uh, stories with, with Mando and the dark saber. Um, you know, at this point in time, like he doesn't even really consider himself a Mandalorian mm-hmm. yet. He knows that like he, he knows the lore of the dark saber and he understands what that means to have it. Mm-hmm. So there is that like, you know, cognitive dissonance, I guess of like, I'm not a, I'm not the Mandalorian that I think I should be, but like I also have this like I also now have this like duty and responsibility to like protect the Mandalorian people like thrown on me. So I think we're going to be seeing him sort of juggle that and struggle with that. So it should be interesting. Yeah, I hope so. Well, good stuff, man. Uh we're, we're, we're running a little bit of a short shorter episode today so i know we had two topics to talk about so maybe we should just talk about one of them christian or should we, do you think we could do both i think whichever one you think is the more interesting we can do we can pocket the other one for a rainy day because like you said we're gonna have another one of these weeks yeah yeah uh i was a little interested a little more interested in your fallen order theory okay um so if you if you if you could uh you had you had an interesting take you were making an interesting comparison before the show sure um and yeah i'll I'll let you take it from here so i think at this point in time it's very clear people have a lot of feelings about the sequel trilogy good bad justified unjustified uh one of the things that is always like a very tricky thing to suss out where the critiques are coming from is Ray where I don't think she's written perfectly, but I think very few characters in star Wars are written perfectly, but a common critique that gets thrown her way is like, Oh, she, she how is she this skilled? She didn't do any training. She just has no, like um, she has no reason to be succeeding in X, Y, Z because of whatever um, or having success as a Jedi for all these things. So I think narratively Ray is almost in my head, at least the exact same type of character with a very similar path of growth as Cal Kestis and Cal Kestis gets a lot of passes. 
where Ray gets checks and balances is basically the way I look at it. And the way I presented it to you is that I think um, people write off Ray's bloodline very easily. And because I've made the comparison before, I've said, like, I think Cal and Ray are very similar and on my TikTok and people have been like, no, Cal had training. But when you look at Cal Kestis's training, he, he lost uh, Jarrett to Paul very, very early into his Padawan training. And as we know, Padawan training can last a very long time. I think Obi-Wan was a Padawan until he was like 26 or something like that. Cal Kestis was, I don't, I'm sure there's an answer, but there's not a chance he was a day over the age of nine in Fallen Order <laughs> uh, in the flashback sequences. So yeah, he's, he's definitely young. He's like borderline youngling, you know, yeah. like he looks like he could still be friends with the kid that Anakin uh, cut down in Revenge of the Sith, <laughs> right? I don't know. Uh, like he'd be friends. I don't want to like, oh, hey, yeah, we played. Yeah. Games, you know, I don't want to get too nitpicky with it because I see the point that you're trying to make. Yeah. But, like, I understand. I, I think he may be a little bit older than nine, but that doesn't really matter. Like, sure. Yeah, because the whole he purpose, looks preteen. Yeah, the, the whole purpose of that bringing that up is like. If you just look at what Cal's training was, he was learning how to jump, right? <laughs> like, that's what he was doing. Right. Um, right. And then something incredibly traumatic happened. He lost his entire world. He had to go into hiding, bury his past, including what he learned. And, like, with writing characters who deal with trauma, a lot of the times, as we see with Cal, gets buried and suppressed, like, your knowledge and memories. So... I would argue that we don't really see Ray physically train much because she's a, a, like survivor out in the wild. Like that, justifiably, she's able to do some stuff. Similar to Cal, Cal is a, a junker. He works on a junk planet. Honestly, kind of similar to Ray, except he's in an actual like shipyard and she's out in the, the desert scavenging. Um, right. And at the start of both of their journeys, they're having to be very physically defensive and throughout cal's entire adventure using his lightsaber i can't think of an instance where he like loses too bad you know like he holds his own against trilla immediately and then runs away uh he does i don't even think he beats trilla in the end i think that's like vader shows up right or seer helps. well yeah, I would say that there, there is one moment, probably halfway through the game, where Trilla's about to kill Cal, and BD One like puts up the shield. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, like the Darth Maul shield. Yeah, mm -hmm. uh, Cal takes like an elevator mm -hmm. down or something, and she's like there, and they fight. Mm -hmm. She gains the upper hand, about to kill Cal. BD One saves the day. Sure. Um, I guess. The better way to frame that would be um, he doesn't lose something and then like physically train himself to be better for it. And I know it's like apples and oranges right. kind of because you're playing through a video game, but like you, the player, are gaining uh, abilities and like proficiency and training, air quotes. Cal is just living his life. Um, but my, my whole point is that neither of them really have physical uh, challenges or obstacles to overcome in their growth as characters or as jedi it's strictly mental related like 
that's why the force echoes are there for Cal. It's him like opening up the scars, addressing things. And with Ray, it's moving on from her past trauma of not having a family being abandoned. Um, and I think their strengths and abilities as Jedi, not necessarily characters, but I guess that covers here as well, manifests through them dealing with things mentally and emotionally rather than um like oh anakin got his arm cut off and now he has to be more vigilant about how he uses his swords you know like both of them sort yeah. of have a more similar approach to their growth i think so i view them as very similar you could swap ray into the game or cal into the movies and i think he would not change much of what we have yeah um so my reaction at first mm-hmm. was like probably the reaction that a lot of people on tiktok had which is like oh that doesn't make any sense like cal kestis like was a padawan he he did have formal training he kind of got like stuck into that life but you make a very good point as to okay when we pick up with cal kestis at the beginning of fallen order and when we pick up with ray at the beginning of the force awakens I think you make a good point that they are in similar places, not the same, but similar. Mm-hmm. I think they're both dealing with being alone, you know, mm-hmm. like loneliness. Like what, like what does it mean to have a family? You know what I mean? What does it mean to not be alone in like this big galaxy? And Cal Kestis is obviously struggling with that. He struggles with that throughout the entire game. Mm-hmm. And so, and Ray struggles with that through, throughout the entire trilogy um and i think it's that concept of like found family too Mm -hmm. that kind of that kind of connects them um so you know thinking it thinking about what you're saying a little bit like deeper than just like oh well that doesn't make sense cal kestis like you know had training there's there's more to it than that and i think you're on the right track for sure because cal kestis has to relearn what he had already learned Mm -hmm. um ray you know basically has to learn it from scratch although like you know her talent was always there mm-hmm. um, she just needed to tap bloodline too right yeah she just had to tap into it basically um but yeah it's that whole concept of figuring out like who they are now mm-hmm. in this new changed world ray as a jedi uh cal kestis as a fugitive uh you know Cal Kestis finds the crew of the Mantis and they take him in as basically their own. Ray finds the resistance, finds Leia, finds friends and confidants in Finn and Poe. And they both sort of go through their own journey of self-realization mm-hmm. uh, that I think makes a lot of sense, actually. Yeah, I mean, like, I, th- I think it's an interesting thing as well when you look at, like, the demographics that are drawn to both of them, right? Because I, I think there's a lot of uh women in the star wars fandom that really like love ray and um are happy to see someone like them like going through a journey that is more emotional rather than physical and i think you see someone like cal kestis who gets a lot of love from like everybody because he goes through a very similar arc right and i think there's the fandom menace element of it where it's like oh Cal looks like me, so I'm behind him no matter what his journey is. You know, I get to swing the sword. And I think, you know, probably being a video game character that allows you to fulfill that Jedi power fantasy 
might have something to do with it as well because i guarantee you not a lot of people or maybe not a lot of people but like there's a portion of people that played fallen order and the fact that cal was like healing emotional mental health stuff completely went over their head i guarantee you <laughs> oh totally yeah um, yeah <laughs> But I, I think it's just a thing to consider, right? Because I, I, so often in Star Wars, we see characters who, yeah, have mental roadblocks to overcome. Like Luke in the original trilogy has a lot to deal with in terms of who he comes from and what that means for his destiny and stuff like that. But him and Anakin in their respective trilogies really have a lot of physical things to overcome for their character growth, right? Like Luke does a lot of training from numerous teachers and his final lesson is a a battle right um mm -hmm. anakin is kind of a mix i'd say of luke and ray in terms of uh emotional stuff to go through but it manifests physically for him um and i i think the execution of that isn't you know as good but um yeah, it's just it's just interesting to me because I've always looked at Cal and Ray as very similar. Yeah, I mean, I would I would push back just a little bit. I mm -hmm. think that Anakin and Luke both had their own sort of emotional baggage to deal with. For uh, sure, yeah. You know, Anakin, he was an emotional wreck. I mean, let's be real. Mm -hmm. uh, and Luke kind of just having to deal with like his destiny and like who his dad is and like all that kind of stuff takes a toll on you emotionally. Mm -hmm. I think about that scene where he's, you know, in, in the Dagobah cave, you know, and he like sees his, his face and, or he sees like Darth Vader's helmet and it turns into his face and all that kind of stuff. So it's like dealing with that sort of emotional aspect of it. I don't think though, like, I think you make a good point in saying that like Ray though and Cal Kestis those two characters, there's like a point and, and an emphasis put on them sort of like dealing with their own trauma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And like, Ray, Ray is sort of just like left on Jakku by her parents. Cal Kestis has to, you know, remember the har the horrors of his past. Mm -hmm. um, and sort of, they both have to go on a healing journey for those things. Yeah, and I think, like, not to diminish the, like I said, like, mental roadblocks that Luke has, but I do think, like, when you look at the milestones for his character arc, a lot of them were achieved by, like, physically overcoming something, um, where with both Ray and Cal, it was a lot of, I mean, with Cal, it gets interesting because you have, like, the fact that literally healing your past is like a game mechanic but yeah. um their their milestones as like character growth were like accepting elements of who they are and who they're not i guess where you think about cal's journey and there's a couple boss fights right like there's terry malikos there's trilla uh, there's running away from somebody at the end spoilers um but a lot of it is like cal realizing what he has to give up at the beginning of the game his secrecy um when he needs to see or realize what he has to become and like fulfill and 
really struggle with if he feels worthy of that because he is never going to be his master. Like literally his big moment of triumph is internal facing down the fact that he thought he was the reason his master died. Right. Right. Um, and when you look at Ray, a lot of it is her realizing how small she is in the world in addition to how alone she is. And then similar to Finn in the force awakens, at least like finding something to fight for. And then we, we see like eight and nine sort of realizing that she doesn't have to follow an example, you know, like she is her own, um, I guess Jedi in her case, or like hero of that story where she looks at it her way. She, yeah, yeah, she charts her own destiny in a way. Absolutely. And then when you see the resolution of that in nine, it's all about like very similar to Luke. Like what does my legacy and name mean for me? So like, yeah, she fights Kylo. That doesn't really get anywhere the same way that I would, I would say that like, like you brought up Cal fights Trilla in a cutscene, and then at the end of the game when we actually fight her and the very beginning when we fight her but yeah yeah exactly yeah i think you make a good point like the physical battles that ray has to go through are when you really think about it insignificant to like like that's not why she, that's not why she's doing what she's doing you know yeah it's serving just, the plot more than the character right it's it's serving as something cool to like get people to go to the movie theaters to see it right but yeah. like at the end of the day you make such a good point like ray fighting kylo on the death star ruins like doesn't really do anything like for her character mm-hmm. does stuff for does stuff for kylo i would say does stuff for ben solo mm-hmm. but like it's kind of just like a roadblock in her way uh of, of like figuring out who she is and what she wants to be yeah and um not sorry to cut you off another thing i want to throw out there because i forgot earlier um i i think the case to consider with cal and ray as well is when we meet them as people they're like competent people on their own luke was a posh farm boy you know who like had to go through all these things of like yeah working on a moisture farm i'm sure is taxing on your body i guess but like nothing compared to fighting darth vader you know like he had to be put through the air where cal and ray are like surviving on their own for the longest time so the the physical roadblocks that you're talking about like it i feel like it makes enough sense that they can overcome that but what's more interesting is their mental hurdles where luke it's kind of a mix of both but yeah and that's why a lot of people when they look at the sequel trilogy they look at it from a really high level sort of perspective where they're like oh well like there wasn't even a lightsaber fight number eight like it kind of sucks because of that what was a star wars movie without a lightsaber fight it's like bro it's not the point like star wars is deeper than that like i understand that maybe like you wanted to see some lightsabers clash and everything but like Mm -hmm. not always like what you're gonna get because you know what really matters in this universe ever since the first movie is you know the the characters Mm -hmm. and their and their motivations and like the humanity of it all um so i do agree i think 
that on that level, Cal Kestis and, and Ray are, they share a similar thread. Um, mm-hmm. And I think you make a really good point. Um, it, it's, it's something you, you, got, you have to look past all of the, uh, you know, all of the, all of the set dressing, mm-hmm. all of the, all of the, you know, stuff that like they want you to look at and like actually think about like, what does it mean for the characters to go through what they're going through? And you'll find a lot of similarities. I think you make a good point. Thank you. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad we got to talk through it. Right. Because I think so frequently, especially like today with, um, at least existing on, uh, tiktok where like i i'm on like the side of tiktok that's like a lot of like critical analysis about media things or what people sometimes think is like a critical analysis uh <laughs> not to shade uh but like dude shade, shade away honestly well, <laughs> I, I mean like i it's not really I, I feel bad saying it like that because like a lot of the cases are like i was like this too like 17 year olds being like this is better because this is deep when it's like Zack Snyder's Watchmen or something it's like (laughs) sure but like that's the the comic not really the actual film um you know like I I think it's just a case of like Star Wars attracts people of all ages and a lot of the really loud conversations sometimes stop at the surface level you know yeah so that's why I'm uh, looking forward to rewatching Rogue One for the next episode because some days I feel like I was unfair to that the last time we talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> but I genuinely have problems with it. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm excited to look at it because a lot of people I respect online, have, including you, have really made very strong cases for like elements of Rogue One and like why they love it so much. So I'm, I'm excited to look at it from a different perspective this time. Yeah, man, I, I'm excited to, 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 to watch it again. I, I think we talked about it last episode. I went to go see it in IMAX just recently when it uh, when it came out. Um, but yeah, this is something uh, that we'll be watching for next week, right? Uh, we'll be talking about it before Andor comes out and everything. Yes, the next episode, in addition to all the D23 stuff, we'll have a conversation about Rogue One. However, the focus is or the length of it, we'll see when we actually sit down to record but rogue one talk next episode get ready for it oh heck yeah man i'm excited um all right well i think we got to wrap up um but is there anything else that you want to say before we go christian anything you want to any parting words about the uh the topic of discussion or anything like that um give it time i think more people are gonna start seeing the nuance of the sequels you know they're they're flawed i think i think it's a very flawed series of movies all of them honestly not just the sequels but we got there for the prequels i think we'll get there for the sequels so um what about you is there any i know at at first before we start recording it it was like a very much like a i want to hear you defend this sort of (laughs) response when i told you the topic but um yeah any, well i mean disagree hey, with that you want to leave off on not really other than other than the fact that uh you you know you know me christian i'm i'm open-minded i'll listen to you i'll hear what you have to say and i won't be afraid to say that i was wrong and i was wrong i my and i said that i said as much mm-hmm. um 
I think that's, I think we need more of that in this world. People admitting that they don't know everything, you know? <laughs> yeah. And to be clear, I don't think that either, <laughs> but <laughs> I do, f- from our conversations, it feels like there's a, a lot of things in Star Wars where we're on different sides and I like bringing up why I really like something if it's something, or if it's something that uh, I know we don't see fully the same level on. Yeah, man. That's what makes a good discussion, you know? Hell yeah. Now All right, man. Play Fallen Order. <laughs> yeah, same. <laughs> I'm sure we will before the new game, I'm sure. So I, I will actually, yeah, I do want to do that before. The yeah, new me game, too. So. Once we have a date, we can, we can plan that out. <laughs> yeah. We need a date first. <laughs> All right, man. Uh, why don't you take us out to see? For sure. Where can everybody find you, Mike? You can follow me on Twitter at Mike P. Connors. And you can find the show on Twitter at Jedi Knights JC. That is Jedi Knights without a K. Jedi N I G H T S J C on Twitter, on podcast services around the world. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play. Just look up Jedi Knights, same spelling, or Joy Clicks, and you will find us there. Rating and reviewing is a very easy way to help out the show. If you enjoy it, helps us reach more people, helps us grow. And uh, just takes a quick second, leaving a little blurb or a little five-star tap. So thank you so much if you do so. If you would like to follow me anywhere, uh, Twitter and TikTok at Chun2D2. You can also support the shows, including this one monetarily, by going to patreon.com slash joyclicks at the $1 and $5 tiers. Five bucks will give you producer credit on every show we produce, like Aaron Easton and Jose Garcia. So thank you very much. And that is Jedi Knights. We're back. We will be back next week with rogue one d23 this disney video game thing that's happening on friday whole lot of stuff so until then we're fine everything's fine how are you may the force be with you oh yes 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 you're right beep is up